Well, I love talking to entrepreneurs, particularly South African entrepreneurs who are playing on the global stage. And of course, who isn't interested in rugby right now? Put it all together and we've got Andy Wood, who is the founder of Super Brew, something that our business community are playing uh, with, with great vigor and enthusiasm, not that much skill, certainly not on my side, but we'll find out more about it, how it all started, how this multinational or international company was uh, begun and um, you know what the ambitions are for next. Andy, lovely to be connecting with you. You might have read the Steve Jobs biographies or uh, I think anybody who's in the tech world has has at least had some exposure to Steve Jobs, but he often spoke about the intersection between two disciplines. And in your case, I guess, it's an intersection between sport and tech. Clearly, if you can get the two of them together, you can have a powerful cocktail. You need particular background and, and what's yours? I guess we go back to UCT in the 90s. Uh, so I did a, a degree there called business science and a, a major called information systems. So we learned about business and running businesses. And there was a bit of an entrepreneurial bent to that and tech. And obviously at the time, late 90s, the internet stuff was really taking off. Um, so shout out to Derek Smith and Mike Hart, two, two brilliant professors there who kind of set all of us up with uh, these these capabilities. Um, yeah, so I emerged into, into the world with the right background, uh, moved to London to work a bit and travel a bit. And I'm still here 20 something years later, um, and found work in that space, working for web development agencies, getting more experience. And the sports side? As you do when you're a young graduate. Uh, I lived in a house with a bunch of other guys over here in Wimbledon, and we followed Super 12 rugby as it was back in the day. It was a bunch of other guys I'd done the same course of university with, plus some other friends. And to make following the rugby a bit more fun, we played this game uh, on, a, on a piece of paper where we would predict the results of the Super 12 matches. And we had a little scoring system. If you got the winner right, you got a point. And if you were the closest, you got another point. So the answer with the sport was we found in that experience, really it wasn't so much about sport. It was about connecting with other people. And it happened to be people all living in one house. But it gave us this common thing around which to coalesce and, and uh, you know, deepen our friendships. Uh, and then we all moved out of that house. People moved in with girlfriends. People went traveling. Um, but I kind of missed the game. So I made a website for, uh, for the same group of people, which grew to about nine people to keep playing the game. And then gradually it was a, it was kind of a closed shop at first, but then someone had a friend and said, they'd love to play this. So we, we, we kind of gradually grew out from there, uh, complete hobby, just a, a sideline thing for a couple of years. Uh, and then got to a point in 2006. Uh, where, along with those, some other guys from UC, the UCT class, we had an opportunity to set up a wider business doing a few different things. Um, and we thought, let's take this as one of those things and give it a go and see if we can turn it into something real and bigger than just friends of friends. And off we went. It sounds a bit like the start of Facebook, uh, although that was in a university dorm and they, they had friends together and... If, if I recall, Zuckerberg yeah, yeah. The, the, was, was, was rating girls. 
I, I would like to add the scale of Facebook and all Mark Zuckerberg's money. Um, but but yeah, same same sort of thing. You've, you're you're taking technology and you're enabling something people are doing anyway. So if if you're those guys in Harvard, yes, everyone is rating girls, or they were at the time, uh, and talking about it. And he technologized that. With us, it was uh, everyone's kind of you know with the big matches coming up in the weekend and Stormers versus Bulls or whatever. Everyone's got a point of view. I think Stormers are going to win by seven. You think Bulls are going to win by five. Uh, so it just takes that and technologizes something people are doing anyway um, and gives them a, an, an easy way to do it. Th those are the best kind of tech things, uh, things that just enable stuff people want to do anyway. Just as a, uh, as a sideline on this, we've seen South Africans do incredibly well in online gaming, online betting. Uh, I spoke last week um, with one of the guys who's the second generation of Hollywood bets, um, which was started by Owen Heifer, um, Devin, his, his son is his second generation and, and they've done well. There's, um, one of the guys who hit the American, uh, the Australian media this week, uh, the co-founder of Betway, who's funding various political parties in South Africa. Did that was that ever a, an appeal for you that you move away from the fun of which Superbrew appears to be a lot of fun, and we'll get to the revenue model in a moment, and into punting or in into uh, online betting? Uh, so it's been a bit of a journey with us. At, at first, we didn't want to have anything to do with betting. Um, so there's there's a few reasons for that. One is that. Uh, Immediately, it raises the bar in terms of uh, regulation and compliance and, and all of that sitting under the, the hood of the whole thing, um, which adds a significant cost uh, that as a small business, we, we just weren't really interested in. Um, there's also a stigma against betting, and we had become just sort of naturally and organically this very family-friendly uh uh, product just just open to everyone, enjoyed by everyone, and not everyone loves betting. Uh, so there's the, the, it can be a bit of a marmite sort of product. Uh, so for for a long time, we stayed clear of betting. Um, what we then realised, and particularly driven by COVID, which wasn't great for our business because all the sports stopped, um, and we needed to diversify our revenue models a bit, was that. There are plenty of people who love betting and have no problem with it whatsoever. Uh, and the trick was really to segment them. So the way Superbrew works now is when you join up at some point, once you started playing, it'll ask you how you feel about sports betting. And you'll have a choice to say, I love it, or yes, I quite like it, or no, I'm not interested. Uh, and we then can take anyone who says no and never show them anything related to betting and take those who say, yes, I am interested, and show them some features. So we have uh, integrated odds from betting companies so you can that can help inform your picks, or maybe you want to go make a bet on the base of those. Um, we have a community we've built up, that, that, that sort of opted-in betting community, uh, who we can feed betting tips and other data and insights from, from the product. Um, and that we funnel into affiliate relationships with with betting companies in different markets. Uh, so, yeah, it's become that's become one of our revenue streams. But we've never wanted to become 
a betting company ourselves. Uh, we'd like to stay outside of that. It also uh, creates limitations around working with sponsors and tournament rights holders and, and the like who are all important to us, uh, where if we were a, a betting product ourselves, that would be much harder for them to do. That's such an interesting insight into a, a highly controversial area, but I remember talking to the guys in the tobacco industry many, many years ago, and they said, well, freedom of choice. You know, if you're going to smoke and you're going to kill yourself, we <laughs> go for it. It's uh, We're not forcing you to do anything. Uh, and I guess Yeah, that's, I had a, that's real, what... a real insight during uh, COVID uh, when some of the sport had come back. There was sort of limited sport behind closed doors. But you couldn't do anything else. You couldn't go out to eat or go to the movies or anything. Uh, and the guy wrote to us and he said, um, "I'm loving your product and I'm and I'm loving betting with with you know various betting companies because it's a form of entertainment. And I I can take a bit of money and spend it on this game. He literally saw it as spending some money on the game. And the way you'd go to a restaurant and happily spend a thousand rand on a night, he would spend it on." betting on this game. If he won something, great. If he didn't, it had added to his enjoyment of the game, which obviously isn't the case for everyone, but it is important to think about all the different aspects to betting and, and motivations for it. So it's a long time since you kicked off 2006. So what are we doing? 15, 17 years. Yeah. What is Superbrew today? Today it is uh, it's it's largely what it's always been. It is a a big social platform designed to connect people and uh, connect them around sport. Um, to be a place for uh, rights holders and teams to access fans because we are we are a, a giant fan community. Um, so over time, the, you know, our most valuable asset are our users. And anyone who wants to speak to our users um, finds us interesting. Uh, so we're a community. I guess that's the, the simplest answer. And the revenue model? Uh, so multi-pronged. Um, we can start with advertising. Uh, so there are the regular old banner ads on the site, which are some of those are programmatically driven by Google and the, the auction that goes on there, which is an amazing piece of technology. Some of them are direct sales, so someone will come to us and buy a certain number of ad impressions that will run through something like the World Cup. Um, some of those uh, on are, those direct relationships can be bigger than just showing ads, and that we'd call sponsorship. Uh, so we've had the likes of Coke and Heineken and DHL and those the sort of really big brands will come and uh, sponsor a tournament, so we'll dress up the tournament in their livery and their brand, um, integrate all sorts of bespoke features for them um, to give them you know, just a, a, a more rounded product than simply an advertising platform. Uh, and because we have total control of our platform and because we're very lean, we can do pretty innovative stuff. Uh, so, for example, for Vodacom, uh, we... Uh, help them identify their red users, their premium users, and give those users a way to get special status on the site. Um, we can do all sorts of creative things uh, to help businesses meet their objectives. Um, so sponsorship's really important. Um, we then work with rights holders, tournament organizers. Uh, so uh, 
URC uh, at the moment and Premiership Rugby over here and various others over the years uh, and the teams associated with them. Um, so they all want to tap into the community we've built and also help to build engagement in their sport, particularly rugby. Um, so we can help do that. We can make every match more interesting, even if it's you know, Zebra versus Dragons or something you're not particularly following as a, as a Leinster fan or a Stormers fan. Um, so that's valuable for those guys running tournaments. Uh, also, we have direct revenue from users in the form of premium features. Uh, so you can buy a product called Superbrew Premium, which turns off the ads and gives you extra features like little match previews and data and insights and all sorts. Um, we have, and you can uh, update your pools, your leagues you run inside the game to turn on all various features with little bolt-ons. Uh, then there's the affiliate revenue um, with betting companies or, or other businesses who will uh, pay us for sharing their product with with people. Um, and what else is that on my list? Uh, it sounds very very similar to to what we do at BizNews or what I did at MoneyWeb back then. So it's a it's kind of a tried and tested. There's no one silver bullet. You you uh, give your creature community with respect, and this is what I really liked about Superbrew. Um, when I rediscovered again with the World Cup, you treat your community with respect, and uh, they're at the center of your universe. And if people want to reach them, fine, but pay. And it makes makes a heck of a lot of sense. How's the World Cup been for you? World Cup has been amazing. So it's it's our biggest tournament ever. Uh, we didn't expect to top our 2019 World Cup numbers because uh, the the intervening four years have been quite tough with with COVID and Super Rugby disappearing, all sorts. Um, but in that week before kickoff, it, it suddenly really just took off. So we've got across our two games, we have a predictor game and a, a fantasy game. Um, we have 400,000, just over 400,000 people playing those games. Um, 2019 was around 300,000. Uh, so that's, that's significant growth. Um, and it's, it's just been great. It's really, it's come back to life. The, the life of it is the community. Um, we we have uh, we have lots of reports we sit and look at, obviously, and one of them is called the the live picks report, which is this total vanity report that basically it refreshes every second and shows you who's come on and what pick they've made. Um, and on a on a you know a quiet night in February or whatever, when there's not much going on, uh, it'll sort of refresh re refresh slowly. But right now it's just this like mad flurry because it is so alive uh which is great and i guess it's also a opportunity to engage those new community members or return community members and i would be one of them in new sports i see there's the Ryder cup i was told about or the europa league or the champions league and so on but your side from your side there you must have an enormous or the perception is you must have an enormous at least data team that's collating all of this information, all of these results, and then on the fantasy games, rating each of the players according to particular formulas. It, it sounds incredibly complex. I, uh, is it? Uh, yes and no. Uh, so there are, 
other companies that provide data feeds that 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 you can buy to feed in results. Um, that depends sometimes on the sport and the tournament and uh, whether you can get your hands on it and what it costs. Um, some of it we do so the fantasy stuff, for example, we do like that. There there are feeds that will tell you you know how many meters Colby ran, whatever. We're not plugging that in ourselves. Um, some of the scoring we do ourselves. Um, so something like the Ryder Cup will will be manually plugging that in. Um, but our most innovative product has been what we call crowd scoring. Uh, so the way that works is that the audience actually plugs in the scores. So as it gets towards the end of a match, uh, a little thing pops up and says, is, is, is the match about to end? Has it ended? Put in the final score. Um, and people do. And some people, you know, are idiots and put in the completely wrong score, put in the score they want. Uh, but we've got an algorithm sitting behind it, which filters that stuff out. So we pretty unerringly get the right result. Um, and that's been great because we run some stuff that is just not big for us. Uh, you know, Aussie rules or, um, some of the smaller football tournaments where we, we just haven't really made headway. Uh, we couldn't afford to pay for feeds for those. Uh, it just wouldn't make business sense. Um, but we can produce the data because the crowd is out there doing it for us, which is brilliant. Again, it just comes back to the community. It's a wonderful story, Andy. What's next? Uh, so we are, you've touched on the multi-sport thing. We, we're trying out a, an approach of separating the sports a little bit. So we've got a new app out called Superbrew Rugby, which is just rugby, um, which brilliantly went to number two in the overall app store in South Africa on, on World Cup launch day, beaten only by number one, the main Superbrew app, um, that was a nice moment. It's all, it's all just trending, though. That, you know, a few days later, you slide off and TikTok's back up there. Um, so we've got a rugby app and we've got a football app. that are These are two new apps we built this year that are um, nice and modern and, and fresh and up to date. Um, those are our two biggest sports by some way. And what we need to do is grow. Uh, we, we need growth. Um, and most of our players don't ever break out of the one sport they play when they join us. Some do. You know, there's a, there's a natural sort of cricket-rugby overlap, um, and there'll be people who like Formula One and something else. Um, but there are not a lot of people who are playing 10 different sports on our platform. Um, so our current app, uh, the, the, the multi-sport app we, we're calling it now, does cater for all the sports. But because you're catering for something as diverse as Aussie rules and the Ryder Cup and Formula One, it's quite a challenge in terms of the tech to, to build a user experience that is really intuitive um, because you're having to make compromises all the time to fit all this different stuff in. So by segmenting out rugby and football separately, we can just go all in on rugby and just make that app completely about rugby and the other one completely about football. Um, and that makes a, a nicer experience for the user, simpler, slicker, easier to use, uh, and more obvious and appealing to new users. And as I said, we, we need growth and we need new users. So particularly in football, soccer, um, the, the, there's no limit to the, the number of fans out there. 
but it's much simpler going to market of the product that's called Superbrew Football and it's a football predictor game than it is going with something called Superbrew and it's got golf and it's got this and that and even things like the little screenshots in the app store, if that's showing 10 different sports and you all you care about is the Premier League, then that can be kind of off-putting. Um, so that's that's the approach now and it also enables us to work with different partners. So we're working very closely with URC and rugby over here um, and for them, it's not interesting to be in, a, in an environment where there are other sports because they're only rugby. So it opens up some opportunities for us to to segment a bit more around our relationships around different sports. Uh, yeah, that's that's plan. Have you managed to retain ownership from uh, the the early days, or have you sold out to the man? Uh, we've not sold out to the man. Um, so we. So it's it's part of a, a bigger business called Nevado, uh, which was the the business we set up in 2006, uh, which does a few different things. So it's owned by the guys who own that, which is uh, including me um, and another partner we met through the game. Again, the community, our commercial director, um, uh, Hutch, who joined us and he is brilliant, um, uh, owns a bit of it. And we took on a small amount of investment a few years ago to experiment with marketing but uh, it's essentially still independent um, and privately operated there are lots of advantages to that but also lots of temptations no doubt big media companies would love to have superbrew as part of their operation uh, what stopped you from doing something uh, which many uh, organizations actually or the path that many organizations do follow I guess there's a few different things. Uh, the 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 independence and being on the side of the the sports fan is is so kind of key to it, um, and being able to dictate our own destiny as a, as a part of that. Um, for any other business, typically uh, Superbrew wouldn't be their core business. It would be something a little extra to add on, um, and. We, we we have had flirtations over the years and a few instances of this kind of thing, um, but we always felt that ultimately it would uh, it would be watered down, or the direction we would receive would would, would kind of ruin the core product. Um, that said, ultimately we we're, we're going to get old and need to stop doing this. So so at some point when we excuse my lights when we find the. Uh, the right partner, then uh, uh, that's something that will happen. Andy Wood, founder of Superbrew, and I'm Alec Hogg from business.com.